0: Hello and you're very welcome to the AA Ireland podcast. I'm Paddy Common.
1: And I'm Anna Cullen.
0: And today we will be discussing road safety. Now it's obviously so important to keep everyone safe on the roads and over the past few years we have seen great improvements in that area but we're not quite there yet. But today we are joined by CEO of the RSA Sam Way, to discuss all things road safety, how far we've come and how far we have left to go.
1: AA patrols are trained mechanics and fix 8 out of 10 cars at the roadside, meaning you can continue your journey and can control your breakdown costs a personal cover means you're covered in any car even when you're not the driver meaning you have the flexibility of switching drivers at ease you can download the aa app it's the fastest way to report a breakdown it pinpoints your exact location and you can track your aa patrol's progress while you wait to find out more go to the aa.ie
0: Sam Wade is the Chief Executive and Accounting Officer of the Road Safety Authority in Ireland. As part of the Vision Zero 2050 Challenge to Have Zero Fatalities on Our Roads, Sam is leading the development and delivery of the government's road safety strategy from 2021 to 2030, working in partnership with key agencies to achieve programme for government outcomes of 50% reduction in serious injuries and fatalities by 2030. This includes working with the EU Commission, member states and road safety organisations internationally, leading and contributing to policy and legislative changes to achieve safer environments for road users. So, Sam, thank you very much for joining us on the AA Ireland podcast. I suppose I want to start by saying that when we're talking about road deaths, road accidents, we have to be sure to remember there are real people behind these numbers and not just statistics.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that's it is about real people is about saving lives and over the course of uh, the last year and a half or more, it's like speaking to victims of road collisions. But I think it's, uh, so that's at the heart of it. Road safety to me is like part of public safety. It's a societal challenge we have going forward. Now, in the outset, where have we come from here? It's like Ireland, recently we launched the new government road safety strategy. Mm-hmm. We've already delivered four government road safety strategies and there's been fantastic progress made. If we look at the stats, you know, going back to 1998, 450 people lost their lives on Irish roads last year. Actually, we have reduced that significantly over since that period. And in, in 2021, 136. Now, that's 136 fatalities. Yes, we've made great progress. And and yes, it is the lowest fatalities on record since we records began in, in 1959. But actually, it's still 136 lives. And it is about those empty chairs at Christmas, Easter anniversaries. So we've got so much more to do in road safety. And, and that's where I'm, I, I, you know, as, as as a CEO of the Road Safety Authority, it's like I'm, I'm looking more forward as opposed to, you know, looking at, well, we've done really well so far. Yes, it is. But we've got so much more to do.
0: Obviously, we need to look forward. But I suppose just to put it in context and, and to set the scene a little bit, where where have we come from? I know in terms of not just pure numbers, but in terms of behaviour, how have things evolved? Uh, you, you know, is there a, is there a better responsibility from from everyone now? Well, well, what, I, what I'll do is like maybe I'll take you through a bit of um, a you know key,
2: not so much successes but milestones in road safety, and and that's you know part of my uh, first early years of of working in road safety was was the NCT, and and I was. Um, Help implement NCT in Ireland. Now that's going back 1999. Show my age, a bit now, but uh, you know the introduction of penalty points 2002, um, mandatory alcohol testing 2006. Then we fast forward the RSA as an organisation, which has we've you know has delivered a lot of positive things and kept kept road safety at the forefront of everyone's minds because there's lots of things happening in our lives. But road safety, the RSA was established. That was two thousand six, and and you know, Gay Byrne was was the first chair of that organisation. And I'm not here to fill fill someone like Gay Byrne's shoes. But what I am here is actually to to progress and build on that that legacy that Gay Byrne and, and you know, my current chair Liz O'Donnell is is has put in place. If we then you know go forward to well other more recent things, the lowering of the drink drive limit, and that's the fifty milligrams in two thousand ten. Uh, safety camera network and you know we'll maybe come back to the safety camera network but the construction of the motorway network so this isn't just about RSA or road safety per se you know my Delivery partners, like the National Transport Authority and, and Transport Infrastructure Ireland, we've put in place a, a significant amount of better roads across the country, which helps in, in that those road safety efforts. The graduated licensing system that, that we've put in place and 2018 drug testing at the roadside. And, and that's much of that stuff more recently, it's, it is actually building on the technology. And and that's will will maybe come to that in terms of vehicle technology because technology is one of the you know big game changers, and I know that societally people would uh, criticize technology, but actually technology is uh, might be part of the problem, but it's also part of the solution here, particularly on road safety, and and we'll we'll maybe get to some of that stuff.
0: So tell me about the latest road safety strategy. You know how did you set about? putting it together, what's involved in that process, uh, and also what are the key aims of this one, this current one?
2: Okay, so, well, um, I usually start at the outcome, 50% reduction of serious injuries and fatalities by 2030. So how how do we aim to achieve that? What I would say is that it was developed over a, a 12-month-plus period. Society and the public have a in- genuine interest in road safety, um, last time around, 2013, there was two 300 responses to the consultation. This time around, there was almost two and a half thousand wow. responses, uh, and that's from individuals, from public bodies, from private sector organisations. So, so people um, have an interest in road safety, and they do have views, and some very strong views uh, from various stakeholder groups. But we brought those views together we engaged with those organizations yes it was in lockdown yes it was uh, using technology to to facilitate online workshops but but we brought that together and packaged it up into a what is now published and it is uh, so 2030 2030 is it's a strategy to texas to 2030 and within that there's 50 high impact actions identified and there's 136 supporting actions. Who's involved? There's a number of agencies in Garda Síochana, TII, I mentioned, and mm. the National Transport Authority, the local councils and, and and CCMA, and the Health and Safety Authority, the Health Service, education and justice, not just in Garda Síochana, but actually the courts, justice system, and other wider stakeholders. So it is a, it's very much a partnership based approach. But it also, this time around and going forward, it is about developing new partnerships both with industry with automotive okay. companies with communities and there's many facets of community and society have been and will be involved to a greater extent for the over the next
0: 10 years there's obviously a huge amount of elements that you've mentioned there but is there a a grouping of those are there some key headlines that people should really look out for
2: yeah, there is um uh, and, and what you know for your listeners and for the podcast here th- there is. Um, Of the 50, if we take the likes of the 50, I'm not going to get through all 50 (laughs) actions, but what I will pull out is there's a few there in there, which um, it's at at the heart of road safety. A a speed review, which is identified as looking at um, not just the, this isn't just a 30 kilometer speed review. This is actually a review of speed across the whole country and across the whole network of roads, both uh, rural and, and urban so speed is is one of those those actions. Another one is actually and and part of how people will and can get involved going forward. Another one is actually the society and, and our you know RSA customers, the public, they're continually observing per behavior on on the roads. And uh, one of those actions is is the consideration of using uh, dash cam footage and the an online portal. For members of the public and and road users and vehicle drivers or pedestrians or whoever it might be to call out the bad behaviour, because I have all people recognise there's lots of good behaviour out in the roads, mm-hmm. but there is still that you know there's pockets of really poor behaviour, and this is about individuals, community groups actually calling out that bad behaviour and and assisting the likes of RSA and Garda Síochána and other other agencies that are involved to actually target those those per behaviors and and remove and eliminate because it's by removing those bad behaviors is that we will get to and achieve that that significant reduction of collisions and serious injuries and fatalities
0: and uh, what would be some examples of these bad behaviors that people could look out for and, and and maybe will report themselves
2: so there's a few areas that remain systemically in the past and continue to unfortunately continue in terms of per behavior speed is at the heart of one of the per behaviours, distraction. And what I mean by distraction, there is specifically mobile phone use. Yes, vehicles have got more sophisticated and technology has improved, but road users, in particular vehicle users, distraction, mobile phone is a problem. Now,
0: is it getting worse, do you think, the distraction level?
2: Well, it's... um. What the RSA, we've surveyed, we've not only surveyed the public, but also we've carried out observational studies. And what we can say that if we take drivers on our roads, one in 10 drivers have been observed using their mobile phone whilst driving. And what I would say is that what we also know based on data and facts is that using your mobile phone, you're four times more likely to either cause a collision or be involved in a collision if you're using your mobile phone. So that is a uh, stark
0: statistic. Really well,
2: and and it, it really does, you know, for me there's no one individual or one organization have all the answers here, but there is there is a responsibility on everyone to first of all stop that behavior, but also then encourage your friends, your family, your your neighbors if if you observe this behaviour, then it's it's encouraging those people to the dangers, the risks of uh, if if you're driving a vehicle that one parish priest referred to as could be a lethal weapon. So you're you're driving a lethal weapon whilst on your mobile phone. It's just if you think about it really simply,
0: a beggar's belief. But at what point does legislation have to take over? Uh, you know where behavior, You know we've asked people to do it people are distracted, people are, you know, outside of road behaviours, people are addicted to their mobile devices and they can't put them down. At what point do we need to enforce it a little further?
2: Okay, so we're at this point and here's my view why, and my belief why. We have asked the public. We have asked the public in terms of those per behaviours, speeding, um, use of your mobile phones, distraction, not wearing seatbelts. So, so we have asked the public. Over 70% of the public have said that they would be supportive of increased penalty points in regard to people using their mobile phones. Over seventy percent of the public. So now someone said recently, "Oh, you're pushing at an open door here, Sam." Well, this is now the point where it's a case of, well, you know, it's okay being able to say you're pushing an open door, but from a legislation perspective, well, you know, now's the time we need to act. And um, I'm a great believer within our strategy. We have not only identified best practice around the world and benchmarks, but we will continue to benchmark. And here's where I am on this: It's like other jurisdictions around the world, they're already being more penalties. The the consequence of this per behaviour is much more stringent okay. than than what we have here. So if the if the public, if the, if the public are saying we're supportive of this then uh, you know I believe now is the time for uh, the decision makers and with the support from RSA providing the evidence to say, well actually now's the time that we need to enhance the consequence because no no don't it's no. like the, the, the answer isn't all enforcement. there's continues to be has been in the past and continues to be a big education aspect to to this. and that's where then I've said before and I'll keep saying that employers, communities have a, a significant positive role to play in in changing those behaviours alongside that greater consequence for the per behaviours.
0: Because, you know, obviously, you know, we're well used to jumping on an airplane and an airplane being a safe space and you don't expect people to respond to an email or ring or, or answer a phone call when they're on a plane. Should we get to that level where people Getting into a car are uncontactable. That there is that safe space where they shouldn't be text or called. They should people shouldn't expect to hear from someone who's driving a vehicle at all.
2: Well, it, technology, um, you know, it's smartphones are sophisticated devices in themselves. Already, they they have functionality and features of you know I'm driving, and and they they send automated text message, etc. I think there's also an opportunity and a responsibility if we take the likes of I mean recent conversations I've had with the automotive sector about the handover experience of cars, and and th- there is a positive opportunity that when people buy new cars, yes, yes, we absolutely are I say, encouraged buying safe cars with the correct NCAP rating for safety features, but it's also about in that handover experience paying attention to well actually. What's the functionality and features that can help you use that car more safely on the road? Whether it's lane assist functionality in the car, whether it's Apple or Android functionality that actually minimizes that distraction whilst on the road, then there is, uh, I I believe that drivers in particular should not only familiarize themselves more with that functionality, but actually adapt it and and, and use it uh, so that it does minimize distraction. And there is something about and and forgive me you now, I'm focusing in maybe on on drivers at the moment, but there is something about passengers as well the distraction there is a distraction in the cabin, whether it's a car, whether it's a a truck or a van with work colleagues in it, there is a responsibility for passengers as well to minimize that distraction,
0: um especially you've driven with a car full of teenagers that can well
2: be. <laughs> it's like well yeah, whether it's teenagers or 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 fully grown adults, that should know better, but there there is a there is something about respecting the person that's driving the vehicle and, and respecting that they are driving, they're in control of a vehicle and they, they're actually in control of not only people's lives in the vehicle, but also other road users, whether it's pedestrians, cyclists, um, whoever it
0: might be. So just to finish about that point, I suppose, on, on the phone use, what would you like to see happen in terms of legislation on, on phone use? Where do you think it should go?
2: My view, and it's interesting that we, RSA and and other organizations, but particularly um, since I've been in post-RSA, I've had a number of conversations at an EU level with with the EU Commission, with the European Transport Safety Council. Technology is there, the solutions is there too. And we do need to be transformational about this. So it's the the airline analogy. It's like, well, actually, before COVID, we're all used to airline journeys and, and catching an airplane. And you know what? We survived, didn't we? It's like, whether it's a one hour flight or a three hour flight, we survived without our mobile phones. And dare I suggest, it was actually just a a nice moment where you could just like sort of switch off. Peace and quiet and have have a chat. And and you still like, I'm not saying that, you know, people can't have a chat in the car, but it's a case of, do I see the stage where actually you step into the car and uh, the car automatically switches your phone off? The technology is there already. That can happen. People say, oh, Sam, that's going to cost money. It's not going
0: to, it's not going to cost money. it's It's, very simple. It's very simple. Your own report, your own latest report says there's a lack of progress in reducing cyclists and pedestrian deaths. Why do you think this is?
2: Well, what I would say about, uh, and the stats are there to say that, yes, if we take the likes of pedestrians and cyclists, uh, the fatalities over the the last uh, strategy, there was a significant increase. But, I would say, actually, we take the, the last year. Last year, there was a reduction in pedestrian and cyclist fatalities. Now, what I would say, and people will say, oh, it was like COVID and you know, reduced traffic volumes. There is evidence there, and it may not be directly correlated, but what has happened in the last two years is we've seen a lot more cycle lanes, which in route safety terms is, is referred to as segregated travel. Okay. And that's where those cycle lanes have helped and assisted so that cyclists are safer on the roads. Now, I realise that uh, cycle lanes is predominantly in urban areas, but it has assisted in a positive way. And the, the data's there, the facts there, the last year reduced number of fatalities for, for pedestrians and cyclists. So So that's a positive feature. And I believe, from going forward, the Department of Transport and and the ministers, both Minister Naughton and, and Minister Ryan, have committed to further investment in the infrastructure, and that includes cycle lanes. That includes infrastructure that encourages safer use of the roads with pedestrians, cyclists, and and vehicle users. But there's also within that there are changes in in terms of the rules, and and actually, this is coming back to behaviours and and how we use the roads, including for motorists, of that a greater respect, given more more room when overtaking a cyclist uh, because there isn't always infrastructure that has cycle lanes, and particularly when we get into the rural areas of the country. So um, there is a, a general respect that has to be and should be applied. And I do believe, actually, during COVID, we're coming out of a global pandemic, but I believe that we've actually we've learned a few things. And one of those is actually being more respectful of not just how we use the roads, but more generally. And and I, I believe that that will be a positive outcome. And, and hopefully, you know, people will continue that increased respect when they start using the roads again. And and that's, you know, there there's different
0: user groups on the road. It is of course, one of those benefits of a, of COVID. If, if there are any that, you know, there has seen those changes in behavior in relation to age groups, we obviously would assume or people might assume that it's younger people that are making up the bulk of road fatalities. But, you know, we've seen from the figures that it's actually an older generation that are, in a lot of cases, the victims of uh, road traffic incidents or fatalities. We know that you're doing an awful lot. We can see the ad campaigns on television, but why is this, why are these this group in particular vulnerable and what can be done to to help that situation?
2: There is some commentary that, Points the finger at, at young people and and young drivers, mm-hmm. but actually, there's all age groups are affected by road collisions and the cause of road collisions. If we take older persons, there has been a significant number of increases of fatalities in older persons on on the roads, including and in particular drivers. Now, that's not necessarily because they're just like letting their hair down and, and having a few drinks or, or you know, drug and driving. It's actually the physics of this is that, and the biology and, and the makeup of the human body, as as we get older, we become more frail. And there is, a, in terms of serious injuries, it's where we've identified, and this was the, the recent academic lecture on, on the serious injuries, that older people, there's in one hand, there might be a reduction in serious injuries for older persons, but actually, is an increased fatality, and and that is again, it's like this. This is about the human body that if an older person is involved in a collision, there's a higher probability that that person will will die,
0: based um, on the impact. Based yes,
2: on yeah, and based on just just the frailty, yep. and that's whether that's a te- you know eight o'clock in the morning or, or the lunchtime or late in the evening. So, and and that is something that you know RSA we've engaged with the, the likes of Age Concern Ireland, and we're looking at proactive programs, co-designing education programs and awareness. And yes, we've been running uh, some RSA ads, but there still is there still is this uh, with the fact that I've just shared there that as we get older, then it's a case of well, let's make a decision as like you know in terms of time of the day that you're using the road, but also that recognition that there is a risk, there's a higher risk um, in, in that regard.
0: In terms of technology, and, and obviously technology is moving forward, how does technology assist in your goals for road safety? And in particular, when you've mentioned about there being eventually a point where there's zero road deaths in Ireland, how does technology come pl- and play a part in that? So there's a
2: number of opportunities for technology. If I go back to the the one of the actions around the speed, um, one of the interventions that is being proposed and, has been effective in changing behaviour is the average speed cameras. You know, technology is behind that. It's not, again, some commentators comment about, well, this isn't about a guard in every every road or every street. This is about actually applying technology to encourage better behaviour. And that calming effect, whether it's on a motorway, you know, there's average speed cameras in the Dublin Port Tunnel. It's that calming effect for everyone that actually changes that behavior in a positive way. So that's one example of where technology plays a role in the infrastructure. The technology will become more prevalent in vehicles and, and in particular, moving into the, the functionality and the driver assistance within the cabins. And this isn't just about cars, by the way, this also it's like commercial vehicles. So, so there is a, a role for technology in, in the vehicles and then how... How the drivers and and people interact with those those vehicles and that technology to help them, whether it's driver assist, the intelligent speed assistance, and that something's coming through to new cars, but in twenty twenty five, and and that really assists drivers um, not only to make sure that they're aware of what speed they're doing, but what speed zone they're in, okay. and that can only be a good thing. It is a technology enabled reminder of know, what speed are you doing? What's the speed zone you're in? So so those are features that are coming through in new cars and that can only be help. It's also technology will play a role in enforcement. And um, Guardish kind of implemented mobile apps so that actually when the, the, the guards stop people uh, on the roadside, you know, they, they will have the data and the information, not just about information about you, who you are and, and your license, but also the vehicle. And I know that there's many... Groups and and people have been vocal around this, and and this is where then the challenge coming back to the legislative challenge of making sure that that data is shared in a legal way. But I want to say this to people and to your listeners: we're actually sharing data to save lives. It's not like trying to catch people out. Big brother, yeah. It's It's not big. It's not trying to catch people out. It's trying to save people's lives. And I've spoken to victims of road collisions some whose family members didn't survive some who have survived but it's changed their lives and it can only be a good thing whatever the target and reductions that set out it can only be a good thing because sometimes i feel at road safety people don't sit up and take notice until it's on their doorstep and until it actually hits their own family and until there's an empty chair at a special occasion yeah. And and for me, it's always been and always will be the case of road safety, you know, part of that wider public safety aspect. Yeah, you know, if you, you take the health space, like no one's actually saying don't share data to cure diabetes or cure cancer. So why why should we be saying don't share data to, to save, save lives, lives on the exactly, roads?
0: Yeah. So, Sam, finally, there's only so much that any government body or organisation such as yourselves can do when it comes to changing widespread behaviour. Well, what can an individual do? To make sure that you know there is an improvement in road deaths, fatalities, and road incidents. That's a big
2: question. So I'll try and summarise this. There's, there's a responsibility we have as like individuals to our friends and family, and, and this is where it's like whenever we're making a journey on the road, whether we're going out for a walk. I beg people to like you know, light up. It's like I, I drive around the country, have been, including during lockdown, and doing it in a in a legal and following the restrictions and rules, but. It still still surprises me pedestrians who don't you know put on a light coloured clothing jacket when they're out walking and cyclists is encouraging people to to be visible and when your loved one or your partner or your kids or whoever it is is going out for those daily activities or driving to work it's like it's you know that be you know take care you know drive carefully or or walk carefully or be seen employers have a responsibility. And I think there's lots more we can do with employers to actually bring road safety onto the work agenda. Because for organizations like, you know, employees involved in collisions, like, well, it's not just about losing work time. It's actually about lots of other things. Of course, yeah. So there's those responsibilities that we all have. And then, it, you know, it is getting into the the responsibilities of of organizations, of decision makers of politicians, of legislators to, well, what else can we do to actually assist road safety? You know, that is a a national responsibility. That's an organisational responsibility across our, our whole system. Sam Wade,
0: CEO of the Road Safety Authority, thank you for your time.
1: Well, that's our discussion about road safety. You will find more on this topic over on the AA blog, www.theaa.ie forward slash blog. You will, of course, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Please subscribe to this podcast. And until next time, goodbye and stay safe.